Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Thursday morning. We've got the man, myth, the legend back with us, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's been a couple of weeks. I kind of feel lonely on Thursday morning. So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, coming back. Is everybody feeling okay? Yeah, I mean, we were in Ireland for uh, for a week, and then which was great. And then um, last week we had some medical stuff to deal with, so I couldn't make it. So glad to be back. And um, yeah, so and I'm feeling kind of embarrassed by how messy my office looks behind me while you have this like cool purple <laughs> background going on back there. So dude, I got lights, um, man. I got lights. I, I know. So, oh my goodness, look at that. <laughs> I could change them. Looks like you like blue, so we'll go blue uh, today. Dude, I'm gonna have to. I gotta up my game. This is ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> right. that's fun. That's fun. Well, hey, uh, since you've been gone, I think it's pretty clear that uh, we are heading for a recession. Uh, I mean, there are so many indicators that you know we would talk about over the last 40 years that that say it's coming. There's the yield curve going flat. It's now down to I think 20 basis points, and I think it's going lower this morning based on what I've seen the 10 year doing. Uh, we've have uh, the Fed coming out and saying they're raising rates, which historically has led eventually to a recession. We've got the outbreak of war. We've got inflation at seven point. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff, Jonathan. So what is an average person to do if they think a recession is coming? Well, I mean, I would say do what I've been telling people to do for a long time, because we have been talking about this for some time, mm -hmm. you know, just by going before I answer the question, sort of going back a couple of years, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about uh, the possibility of recession even before COVID. We did, there's, yeah. There's a really good, uh, there, there is some uh, analysis that suggests that we were headed into a recession at the end of 2019. Agreed. And then, and then COVID just sort of like blew everything up. Yeah. And like, like disrupted the whole business cycle and we did have a recession but it was covid related it wasn't yeah. business cycle related you know it was sort of artificial but that kind of like undid what was or masked what was happening let's say mask is probably a better a better <laughs> word ma ma mask what was happening in the real economy right so, unintended i'm sure oh yeah i should do that that's a good pun that i didn't actually think of so you know, <laughs> well there you me. go <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah, anyway, so, uh, so, you know, eventually you pay the piper, right? And, and we've been uh, kind of skirting around this issue for a long time. But my advice has not changed from a couple of years ago. And that advice is get yourself liquid, right? Yeah. I mean, you want, to, uh, you want to have cash on hand for what? For the immediate purpose of like, well, if you lose your job or whatever, you got to have some savings to be able to fall back on and get you get you through it, mm -hmm. but if you're if you're uh, fortunate enough not to be in a position where you're going to be economically impacted by mm -hmm. a recession, you want to have some cash to take advantage of the buying opportunities that are going to come, right? And if there is a real recession, 
those buying opportunities will absolutely come. Whether it's in the form of uh, outright distress from real estate properties and other assets, or just the market slowing down because a lot of people pull back because they're nervous. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will just, even if prices don't come down necessarily, it'll just make it a lot easier for you to get your, your hands on, uh, on, on good assets. And you know, as, as, as Warren Buffett has said, um, paraphrasing here, but you know, like times of economic distress can allow you to buy, you know, great assets at good prices and good prices, good assets at great prices. Yes. Right. So, uh, it's, it is, it is an opportunity. And if you are not ready for it, you, you know, you will miss out. The thing is too, during a recession, banks are going to get skittish, right? Banks have, banks yes. always are pro-cyclical, right? Which means that they don't think like investors. They don't say, hey, let's lend, you know, when, when at the bottom of the market, when asset prices are rock bottom and we're going to really be protected. Mm -hmm. They're saying, oh, it's, it's, we're scared. We can't lend now. And then, you know, but they're happy to lend at the top of the market when they're taking the most risk. Uh, so banks will be out, which means that those people who have cash are going to benefit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to buy assets in 100% cash. No. But if you're in a position to go yeah. to a bank and say, hey, we want to go in at 50% leverage, then a bank is going to be a lot more comfortable in that environment to lend to you, right? So uh, because you're going, because they're very well secured in that yeah. asset. So cash really becomes king in a recession. And it is a great, great opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to pick up assets that are you know attractive for a great valuation. The, the other thing too, from just from a pure multifamily perspective, I would say if you're still buying right now, uh, you really, I mean, I'm not a big fan of C properties in general, mm -hmm. but the reason I'm not a fan of them is because of what happens in a recession, right? And what, ha you know, there's this whole school of thought out there, which is based only in bad reasoning. There is no basis in fact, there is no evidence to support it. In fact, the evidence, if you go look uh, at, at vacancy rates, and if you go talk with say, management companies who've been in the business for a long time, mm -hmm. they will tell you the exact opposite of like this story that gets sold all the time, mm -hmm. which is that, oh, if there's a recession, people are going to live in a cheaper house. So buy C properties, right? They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna move down. Mm -hmm. What I'm here to tell you is that this doesn't happen and it, or it doesn't happen in a, in a significant enough way to bail you out of the bigger problem. The bigger problem is that the people who lose their jobs in recessions are disproportionately your C renters, mm -hmm. right? Those are the people who have the retail jobs, the service jobs, the, the jobs that, you know, the big wigs at companies cut first, mm -hmm. right? And so those are the people who lose their jobs and can't pay you rent. The people who are higher up than that, and the higher up you go, uh, the less likely you are to lose your job, right? So first of all, those people are not having to move down, right? Because they're just continuing to get paid. I mean, if you look at the Great Recession, uh, the unemployment rate for people with college degrees was like three percent at yeah. the great at the height of the Great Recession. At the peak, yeah. yeah. At the peak, right? And using using college for your college degree as a proxy for like you know white collar jobs, right? Sure. It's not it's not an exact one to one, but I mean, just it, it's a it's a rough 
yeah, approximation, it's a, which it's a variable yeah, that we can look at. Yeah. yeah, which which is a helpful proxy to look at, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at that class of renters, they're going to pay their rents, right? They're right. not going to have to move. There may be some people at the margins who decide to go cheaper, but think about like psychologically too. If you are someone who like you are you see yourself as belonging to a certain status, mm -hmm. right? You are not it, like you're not going to go. First of all, even if you can get out of your current lease, right? You may be in a lease already, right, for the next eight months, and you can't leave anyway, mm -hmm. right? By which time everything may have changed. The recession may be over. You may have gotten a new job. Whatever the case is, you're on the hook for that for that lease rent, mm -hmm. and that landlord is going to come after you for that rent if you leave. Mm -hmm. Believe yeah, me, for sure. Right? So, uh, because if they can't find another renter, right? Because it's a recession. Well, you're you you owe them the money. You know, so you're not you're not leaving that apartment, right? And to to go find a cheaper place. So there might be some small number of people who have like their lease ends at the right time, they can move, and they're willing to take a step down in status and move to a less prestigious, less attractive, potentially more dangerous, like part of the world. If you've got kids in school, you are not moving, right? Yeah. You are not moving unless like though there's a place next door that's in the in the school district that's cheaper right mm -hmm. so this whole this whole idea and, and and then on top of it there is the actual stats you can go look at with the u.s census bureau like that actually show you during recessions like vacancy goes up it gets hit harder at you know at, there's this whole this whole, a lot of mythology also that, that grew up around the great financial crisis when we had the foreclosure crisis and people sure. left their houses and went to rent that is not a, this is not a repeatable thing. No, this is no. not like, you will not have people walking away from their houses en masse the way they did after the Great Recession, not during the recession, mind you. It actually was during the recovery. Exactly. Yeah. When people's mortgages reset and all this kind of stuff happened, mm -hmm. right, that they, that they walked away. So it wasn't even during the recession, right? So my advice to you, this is a very, this is a rant, obviously, but my advice to you is like, if you're buying now, right, especially now, do not buy low quality properties. You want to buy the highest quality properties you can with the strongest tenant base you possibly can with the view of riding it out. Now, there is a time to buy C properties and that time is during the recession or right after when everybody is scared, you can buy them really cheap and you can build in a, you can buy them at like a really high cap rate, like a 10 or a 12 cap, yeah. right? And build in a ton of safety, margin of safety, right? But if you're buying C properties at like a four cap, which people are doing right now, you've got oh. no margin of safety at all, yeah. right? And and basically, you know, if your if your occupancy goes, well, not even your your occupancy will stay the same. You'll just get a bunch of people who are not paying you rent. Yeah, it's the collection gonna, exactly. Yeah, your collections go down by a couple of percentage points. You're going to be in a world of hurt if you're buying at a four cap, right? So, uh, so buy the highest quality you can. Mm -hmm buy low quality at the bottom of the market, never at Correct. the top, Correct. right? And, uh, and that, that's the way you do it. So that's, that's how you prepare, get cash. And if you, if you feel the need to buy now, buy the highest quality you can, because mm -hmm. you want to be able to write it out. That's the key. The key is getting through it, right? Yeah. The key the, is getting through the recession. Yeah, so. the key is getting through. Also, I would, again, I've, I'm seeing so many stakes, mistakes right now that repeat or rhyme with the residential crisis. And, yeah. and that's the bad debt structures and, and horrible assumptions I'm seeing them. And, and back to your kind of 
uh, rant. Um, I sold some C-class properties in 19, obviously pre-pandemic, at just yeah. ridiculous cap rates. One yeah. of them's already retraded, and that's, that buyer slash seller made some money, but it was only because rates went down and they got lucky. Yeah. Um, and, I and I have bought C-class properties at the bottom of a market for ridiculous prices. So I, 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 I totally agree. I think you can do some great things, but it's near the bottom, not the top. Uh, upgrade your class. Um, class, And again, rate, there's nothing wrong with raise cash, right? Cash yeah. is an option on the future. And here's the deal. When, you, when, when the stress happens and banks get nervous, suddenly it's not 70% LTV, it's 60. And it's yeah. not 60, it's 50. And oh, by the way, I've been able to orga organize deals where I actually had to put zero down, but I escrowed repairs, right? There's all kinds of creative things you could do if you have cash. Bank, people don't realize it. You know, banks were most nervous in 2010 when I was buying houses for 50 grand. It was, yeah. it was crazy. Um, and and let's, I want to talk too about something else, which is like inflation and a recession and stuff sure. like that. Mm -hmm. So people have this, there's this latent cultural memory of stagflation from the 70s. Right? Sure. It's, yeah, absolutely. And, and there were some recessions. There was a big recession from the oil shock mm -hmm. in the early 70s. And there was a recession. 73, yeah. Yeah. And then there was a recession in the early 80s. Right? 81, 82, yeah. Right. But during stagflation, there was no recession. No, right? it, you have growth. Right? You have growth. <laughs> it's just really right? little. Right. Yeah. But yeah. But the thing is, you had you had growth, mm -hmm. but there was no recession. Right. Correct. Yeah. So that so that is so but people but it was bad and people didn't like it and they felt unhappy and they were sandwiched in between two actual real recessions. Like so the whole period. And there was other stuff. You know, lost a war in Vietnam. Like there's all, all this kind of stuff going on that made people feel really crappy. Yeah. The 70s like, were no fun. Except for disco. Right. So <laughs> you like disco the was fun. Well, no, I mean, I remember my. I remember being forced to wear bell bottoms and, and I, cause that was, cause that was what was available. And I just remember in the nineties when like people younger than me were wearing bell bottoms. I was like, you guys, you guys weren't forced to wear those as kids. You have, you don't have this trauma that I have of having to, of having to you know, why would you voluntarily wear those things? But anyway, um, so the, uh, so, but, but, you know, we're not talking about if you have a recession, right? Interest rates are, are going to go up and inflation goes down. I mean, that's basically the definite, like you don't have a recession and inflation at the same time. It's basically impossible, right? You, so stagflation is different. It's not a recession, right? right? It's mm -hmm. still growth. There's still growth. Still growth. It's, it's, it's part just, of the definition. It's low right, growth. Yeah. Right, right. So, but if you have a, like what happens during a recession is that economic activity declines, yes. right? People stop buying stuff. If they're not buying stuff, there's no price pressure raising prices right exactly yeah. the other thing happens you have deflation which is or at least stagnation in prices right if not if not outright like deflation but you actually do like in a classic recession that's what happened prices yeah. went down until people started feeling like hey there's bargains to be had and they start buying again right right mm -hmm. so so I, I think i just want to unpack it because i don't want people out there going like you know the inflation may cause people to stop buying and it may cause the fed to raise rates to stop the to stop inflation which will then cause a recession but you're not going to have like a recession and inflation across anyway not across the board anyway and maybe they'll still there still might be some inflation in some things right, right. but but 
so just make sure that like people understand. And the reason I'm saying this is because when you just said like, you know, you stole my line, but cash is an option and opportunity, right? Like, I think the people are like, oh, I can't have cash because inflation is going to eat it up, right? Exactly, well, yeah. but the thing is, if you're holding, let's just say you have you stockpile cash now, right? Mm -hmm. Over the next year, you lose 7% of the value of your money to inflation. Mm -hmm. And then there's a recession and prices go down by 20%. Exactly. You've just made 13%, right? I don't care about your 7% that you lost to inflation. However, if you invested it because like, oh, cash is trash, I have to invest right now. Guess what happened? You just lost 20%, right? It's, it's so this is so good. People, I don't know what it is. There's just lots of sayings out there that people just take for granted. Folks, I brought it to you over, I think it's been a year ago now. Jamie Dimon had half a trillion dollars on his balance sheet and was growing. And he is perfectly aware that inflation is hot. Yeah. He doesn't care. Warren Buffett has more cash on his balance. Maybe, maybe not anymore because he spent $5 billion on Occidental. But these guys are not, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. And yes, yeah. you, could, you could lose 7, 8, 9, 10% in the short term. But if you got a 30% discount later and you only had to use half your cash, you, yeah. you know, leverage ratio is much, much better. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like the, the same people who are willing to buy assets that don't cash flow at all yeah. because they because they believe they're going to get it all back plus some at the end, oh. right? Because of appreciation are the same people who were saying like, oh, I can't hold on to cash now because I'm going to lose 7%. And they're not looking at the, they're, they're refusing to look at the same long-term picture that they just a moment ago told you that you should be looking at, right? So if you look at, and I brought up this example again, Seth Klarman, who is this not, I mean, the guy is this rock star who very few people know about, mm -hmm. but the secret to his success is that he's basically 35 to 50% cash all the time. And he, and he generates like 20% annual returns every single year, right? And, and, and that's the reason because he's got the cash. So when somebody comes to him with like a distressed company that he knows is great, mm -hmm. you know, he can buy it super cheap and, exactly. you know, and he, and Warren Buffett did the same thing. Like that's, that's the key to Buffett's success. And you look at other corporations out there flush with cash, right? And uh, they're, they're not like running out there, dumping it into stuff. I mean, obviously there's some people, but the investment community is because that's how they make money. But if mm -hmm. people who are, you know, a little more, you know, people who, people who live on acquisition fees mm -hmm. are buying everything yeah, they can get their hands on. That. Yeah. Right. But people who, who live on returns. Yes. Are not. Yeah, right. It's, so it, it, after 20 or 30 years studying consumer, it is the consumer is very predictable. They rush in at the last minute and then they stop buying at the best time. It's, it's repeatable. So yeah, the retail investor, right. Yeah. The retail, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I've, I haven't talked about that for a long time, but I used to do a whole presentation about market cycles and market psychology mm -hmm. that talks precisely about this issue about how, the the market going up eventually sort of pulls in the yeah. you know pulls in the most reluctant people at the end when they see everybody around them making money mm -hmm. and then you know that when those people have jumped in that's kind of yeah. when the crash happens because no 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 yeah because there's no one left to buy yeah right? the greater pulled, there's pulled, nobody left yeah you pulled in the last the last fool yeah. and then and then those will be the first people who will sell right because they and then 
they'll, they'll lose money. And then, you know, they'll tell everybody about how they lost money. And the sort of the opposite thing happens where everybody starts yeah. panicking and the whole thing unravels. So, uh, yeah. So the lesson from video number one today is cash is not trash. Cash is an opportunity. And you're absolutely right. I stole that phrase from you. You, you said it and it's stuck in my head. So thank you for that. I've uh, said and, it so many times. Yes. Yeah. I, it's in there now. It's, it's, it's my statement. I made it up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, Jonathan, thank you for doing this. Where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, so, well, there's a number of ways if you'd like to uh, invest with me. Actually, we have deals going on at the moment. Um, uh, if you're an accredited investor, you can find me at Two Bridges Asset Management LLC. Just Google it. That's the easiest way. Two Bridges Asset Management LLC. Google it and get on my list. Uh, you can also join me at my uh, free Facebook community, which is the multifamily investment community on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And lastly, but not leastly, if you would like to learn how to do investing, you can go to multifamilylaunchpad.org slash join and see my offerings there. Very cool. Thanks, Jonathan. Yep.